Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Well, that one got me thinking straight away. Liverpool fan Jason Taylor's at Sport HQ as we look at who can challenge the top two in the Premier League. Not Fast Dave joins us for another look at what the Yellow Army have been up to. And we take our first look at the pre-season for our three pyramid clubs. This is, of course, Radio New York Sports. And these, slightly belatedly, are the headlines. Dennis Rule has officially been appointed as Harrowby United's assistant manager. He's been out of the game since leaving Grand from Tan midway through last season. Any more good news for Harrowby? Ex-Forest and Aston Villa star Marlon Airwood has also announced he's going to be playing for the Dickens Road Club again next season. Ten new striders travel to the northwest for the Blackpool Music Run, a 10k live music all along the route. Stephen Tomlinson was first to finish in 27th place. Stock car racer Dave Sharp had an eventful British Championship at Cannock Chase. In the leading pack until his wheel stood shared with three laps to go. And that was the end of the race for our New York star. And a long distance weekend for the not fast runners. Steve Needham took part in the Royal Windsor Triathlon. Nicky Dales ran the dark peak trail race while Peter Lane took on the wall for his 40th birthday a 70 mile ultra marathon starting in Carlisle and finishing on the Millennium Bridging Gateshead he did it in a time of 22 hours and 28 minutes more on all those stories coming up from Dave Farger and three familiar figures at Kellam Road have been made life vice president long serving director of rugby and sports show guest Tim Barker, club treasurer and sports show guest Richard Staniforth, director and sports show guest Matt, Co- Matt Cove, all join that elite band at Kellam Road. Okay, well after that slightly false start, we'll um we're going to move straight on with. Um, our Premier League chat tonight because we've um, we've dragged a Liverpool supporter who we spoke to on the phone the other week when he was sort of hanging from the the rooftops celebrating um, the fifth or the sixth European the, the sixth mate. the, the sixth, sixth European um, Championship. There's another club that I think have won it three times, and then there's the only club that's won it back to back. But that's another story entirely. Thank God. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to leave the confines of Newark tonight and I want to look at the Premier League because people tell me it's the best league in the world. I tend to think it's probably the most competitive league in the world. But when I was doing a bit of research, yes, we do research, Tony. When I was doing a little bit of research, <laughs> there's 25 points between the second and Thank the third. Thank God I thought you were going to say teams. <laughs> between the second, I've seen his research before. Between the second and third place teams, shut up and listen. So, it's no better than Spain. It's no better than France, where you've got a top one about two miles in front of everybody else. So, one of the questions is: Have we lost what we'd like to call the competitiveness of the league? Because the two star teams are that far in front. Now, as we've already said, um, I can't find a Manchester City supporter, but I have found a Liverpool <laughs> supporter um, who's going to tell me um, why those two teams are <clears throat> so far in in front. I wonder, I younger managers, vibrant managers, both seem to want to play the attacking game. And one of my little notes is, is this the year of the fallback? But Jason, you deep Tony doesn't understand football. He supports Leeds and Berwick, so it's going to be a struggle for him tonight. Okay, I watch at local football. You look at the Premier Division. Yeah, are those two that far in front? Currently, I think yes, they are. 
Um, Tottenham made a reasonable fist of it until it kind of went a, fell apart, sort of February, March time. Um, but yeah, they are. And I think a lot of it is down to the managers, the style of play, as you mentioned, the fullbacks. Nobody else really quite does it like them. Because stat one of the night, and I'm not a great believer in assists and passes and all that, but if you look at the assists stats from last season, Eden, Adard, um, Eden Hazard was number one, Ryan Fraser at Bournemouth was number two, but the interesting thing is number three and number five was Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andrew Robertson. Yeah. Now that is straight away telling you the way that Liverpool play football. And Man City also play football because if I recall two or three years ago Pep was ridiculed for buying almost every quality fullback he could find we know the reasons now it's the future isn't it you look at the way the two teams set up the midfield and the front three are set up in such a way that it encourages the fullbacks to bomb on because you've got defensive midfielders that will fill in where necessary therefore stretching the game getting balls into the box giving the strikers more opportunities to score and how do you mark a fullback? <laughs> <laughs> really, it's, it's it's alien, isn't it? Yeah, it's alien. To you know, do so. they're not in a position, are they? They are coming into position that is not theirs. Right. So, so uh, how do you mark them? I, I will talk about the other four of supposedly the big six a little bit later on, but they are light. They are light years away. Let's talk about transfers. Do you think? Either of either of you, this is either of the big two need or will bring people in because to a twenty-five and twenty-six point gap, they're quite clearly so much better than anybody else. I don't, I don't think there's any need for either <coughs> Man City or Liverpool to strengthen at all. But um, it's just um, they are that far ahead. It doesn't mean the other ones are rubbish. It's just that Man City and Liverpool have cracked it. You know, they've, they've actually sort of nailed it this last season. And there's absolutely no reason to consider them dropping off. <clears throat> it's, it's up to the others to catch them. But it's very, very difficult to see where that's going to come from unless Poch is going to get some funds from the Tottenham board. But um, they've got a big ground to pay for, haven't they? There is an art to finding the player that you want and buying the player that you want. The two players I've mentioned at Liverpool already... Alexander Arnold is a He's product of, yeah. yeah, and Andrew Robertson has got to be the steal. Eight million, Eight million pound from Hall City. I mean, that is just yeah. <coughs> this is uh, uh, as you know. <coughs> Here we go. As you know. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> My beloved Scotland. I've got two world class footballers. Unfortunately, they're both in the same position. <laughs> Kieran Tierney and, and Andy Robertson. To get Andy Robertson for £8 million is unbelievable. But sticking with Liverpool for the minute, it's the two big money buys which everybody says he paid well over the top for. But if that's your problem positions, it doesn't matter what you pay as long as you get it right, surely. That's exactly what he did. We were, we were weak in, in goal um, and, and you know the goalkeeper from last season made two howlers in the biggest game in European football um, and, and the, and the defence was always criticised we could score goals but we were always conceding so he went out and bought a centre half and, and, and the two of them between them have made a massive difference I think conceded something like 26 goals in the league something like that you know it just proves that the guy's intelligent enough to identify where the problem positions are and fill them, as opposed to just buying a superstar, like some teams have done, and trying to build a team around them. Because it was also canny enough to get the two players for the price of Coutinho being sold to Barcelona, which, <laughs> that, that is, which is genius. Fantastic bit of business, yeah. Number two in the passes stats for last season is Virgil van Dijk, 3,037 completed patches. He's a centre-half. He's supposed to kick the thing 60 <laughs> yards up in the air. He's like a Rolls-Royce, Mick, and he, he reminds <laughs> me of, of Alan Hansen, yeah, the way he used yeah. to bring the ball out of defence. You know, he's, he's just... He's, he's made a massive, massive difference. Anybody old enough to remember Paul Madeley? of uh, Leeds United we'll, we'll see sorry Jason you, you're going to have to put up with this every now and again I don't remember him no but we'll see great similarities there as well But I is mean, the only um, Leeds United player that wasn't a thug <laughs> 
Yeah, he never really got into it, did he? No, he never really could understand. <laughs> the, he never really could understand the Don Revy approach to yeah. what he called football. He wasn't very popular because of his clean tackles. Man, Man- Manchester City, of course, have, have spent not big because they they seem to refuse to spend massively big. They're obviously, fifty million pound to me and you is fairly big, but they, they seem to ref- if it's if they think it's too much, Pep will walk away from it. And yeah. I do like that. And Klopp has said, I want that position and I want that position and I'll work with everything else. And that, again, is good management. When we get talking about the other four and some of some of the acquisitions that they've made, you can probably see why these two are light years. I think with Klopp as well, he'll identify a player and he'll bide his time to get that player, as he proved with Virgil van Dijk. You know, some managers will, will maybe panic and, and buy an alternative that doesn't quite work out. And I, and I think uh, Pep, Pep's pretty much the same. He'll identify a position and, and he'll go out and get that player. And if he won't come, he'll hang on and, until he's available. I'm not going to praise Liverpool for the next 50 minutes because <laughs> they've had enough praise as it is, and I've got to, I've, I've got to, you know, get home tonight. Um, but what, what, you know, I will say is credit to the Liverpool board as well because it was what four years before he won a trophy, three, four years before he actually yeah. won a trophy. Yeah. Now, some of the clubs that we're going to mention at about half past seven would have been on about their third manager. I think that they they realised that the club wasn't in the best of state, certainly team wise, um, and, and they've identified the, the manager they wanted, and they've been prepared to work work with him. Um, and as you said, they didn't panic; they've given him the time. He had relative success, if you think about it, with the fact that he, you know, he reached a cup final in, in every season bar one. He just wasn't able to, to take the, the team over the line. Um, and, and last season, with the fantastic attacking football, you know, defensively is what let them down. He, he, he's, gone and, he's gone and improved that, and, and obviously this season, you know, we've seen the rewards. And, and that is credit to the board. Are you... Can you be a major big club in world football if you've not won the Champions League uh, you know Man City are the are the you know back to back winners of the Premier League but in this day and age is that enough I think they need that trophy <clears throat> that 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 will then cement their place you know at the top table and it sounds a bit bonkers really because they are I mean, you could argue this, but they probably are the best team in Europe at the moment. Um, they were unfortunate to go out the Champions League in the way they did. But yeah, do I, you th- I, right. We'll stop there because this is where we're going to disagree for the first time. I don't think there was. I think that was Pep's bad management. He didn't put his strongest team out at Tottenham, and I cannot understand when you have spent a whole season trying to get in a position. You've got in a position. You're in a quarterfinal was it yeah you're in a quarterfinal um and you a it disrespects the opposition and i know you got a big match at the weekend but hey oh that's life that's football that's what you call english football that's what what we do and i think he got his tactics wrong and i think he also got his tactics wrong when he took tottenham back to the etihad now Klopp, to me this is gonna be another liverpool one isn't it (laughs) (laughs) Klopp to me knows how to play European football, whereas Pep, I don't think he does. I think top, you need a lot of luck, don't you, in cup competitions, and I think City's luck just ran out. Um, you're not wrong in what you're saying, Mick. He, he, he probably did get his team selection slightly wrong and, and tactically wrong, but you know they have played some fantastic football this season. Um, and, and head-to-head against Liverpool, they have been better. You know, they they were unfortunate not to beat Liverpool at Anfield when uh, Mares skied the penalty uh, over the away end. And uh, again, at home, Liverpool's only defeat, you know, small margins. The ball just didn't quite cross the line for Liverpool. But, you know, City got the result. And, and I think, back to your original question, they do need to win that trophy. Because <clears throat> these days, the Champions League is the holy grail. It's bigger than the Premiership. It, Premier League. Premiership's rugby. It's, well, it's, 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 <laughs> just, just putting you right. Just, you know, just every now and again. It's a Scottish Premiership, so I'm, I'm just drifting into a... In, 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 <laughs> in a non-footballing world. <laughs> <laughs> every bit as much as rugby union, yes. 
<laughs> but no, the, 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 the it's, it's the holy grail these days. It's bigger than winning the World Cup. You know, it's, it's, it, there is no achievement like it. Is it bigger than winning the World Cup? Uh, I often get asked by a friend of mine, uh, what, what would you prefer, Liverpool win the Champions League or England winning the World Cup? And I'm very much a I club man. that's a straight answer. I'm very much a club man and I get ridiculed for it. But yeah, I think you're absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely Be- right. Because if you're going to pick your best team and you're an international side, you can only pick the best players from that country. But if you're Jurgen Klopp, you've got the, ch- the, the, the pick of the world. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and so the, so is everybody else, and so that is the premier competition, and and it's got it's got to be the one thing that most people are focused on. For all Pep's achieved at Man City, if he doesn't bring in the Champions League in the next couple of seasons, they'll be looking for someone else. I have to agree with that. I think you're right. Spot on. Liverpool have um, made an offer for Lille's Ivory Coast winger Nicolas Pepe. And Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp is willing to sell Egypt striker Mohamed Salah if Pepe comes to <laughs> Anfield. Do you take any notice of, of the transfer gossip? Because, I mean, it's in overdrive now, isn't yeah. it? This, this is the time when yeah. you get up in the morning and you go to the gossip column on the BBC Sport website, you look at Now News and Talk Sport and all that. If you Do you take any notice of them? Liverpool and Croatia, uh, Dejan Lovland, 29, is set for a move to AC Milan. Absolutely none. My son tells me every day who's coming and who's going, and I always say to him, until it's announced on Sky Sports and he's got the shirt or the scarf in his hand, don't believe a word of it. Nonsense. And when he starts kissing his badge, he's going again. <laughs> so, to wrap up between these two, yeah, you're probably right there, Tony. Um, to wrap up this little bit between these two clubs, I think we're all agreed that next season it's could go either way again between those two and i don't think from what we've seen so far nobody's going to get close to them can't see it mate i can't see it liverpool need the title because it's it would have been 30 years city need the champions league that might be enough for liverpool just to slip in and, and take it next year i'm hoping uh, but yeah th- th- there's nobody i can see that can challenge them at this point and i think you're on the same wavelength mr smith aren't well, you I mean, at, at the top of the show you said <clears throat> is it the best league in the world Yes, it is. It's the most competitive. Yes, it is, because it is the most competitive league in the world. But is it now? So it's competitive. Does it, that make great? But it's but it's now gone the other way. It is, it's, it's, it's now just like all the other leagues. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's now Celtic Rangers. It's like sort of, you know, Juventus in, but, the, in the Italian leagues. But when you've got four English teams in the two European finals. Yeah, yeah. That really answers the question, that don't does, it? does, it does, absolutely. It really does. Yeah. Right, let's go and find out what NotFast have been up to, and that, of course, means we have to find Dave Farger. And it's Wednesday at 20 past seven, so we need to find out what the Yellow Army's been up to, and the man to tell us, of course, is NotFast uh, not Dave. And I think, Dave, tonight it's a, it's a tale of long-distance running. It is a tale of long-distance running, I make. Um... Yes, quite a um, quite a spread week last week. We had a good forty five club members in nine different part runs. Laura Smith again got uh, another personal best, so she seems to be on fire. Um, three members at Nottingham ten k. Uh, we had Paul Swinburne in one hour five twenty one. Leon Leong in one hour eleven thirty seven, and Madeline Comby in one hour eighteen twenty nine. Now going into the more more distancey distancey. That's a word. More it's a good one. Running. It's a good one, yeah. We had um, Steve Needham. He was in, the, in London for the Royal Windsor Triathlon. Now, that's a 1,500-metre swim, followed by a 40-kilometre bike, and then a 10-kilometre run. He completed that in four hours, 12 and 5. Uh, Long-distance trail running, we had Nikki Dales, Maria Brambles, and Suzanne Catley. They were in the Peak District for a nice hilly race. Nikki took on the 25-kilometer um, event, uh, completing in three hours and seven seconds, and she got a silver time award for that. And then the slightly less distance in the 12-kilometer event, Susanna Maria came home with bronze time awards in one hour 47. And then uh, into much more longer distance running, Peter Lane, he uh, celebrated his 40th birthday with, with the wall. Now, that's a, a, a gruelling 70-mile ultramarathon along Hadrian's Wall, starting in Carlisle Castle and finishing 
at the Millennium Bridge in Gateshead, and he finished in a total time of 22 hours and 28 minutes. So uh, I think he very much enjoyed his birthday. It was a present to him, um, and I don't think he really knew what he was getting himself in for with that one. Somebody <laughs> um, gave him that as a present? Yeah, I think it was his... Uh, as far as I can understand it, his parents gave him a um, a present for his birthday. He said to them that he liked running cross-country. Um, I think they mistook it as running across the country. Um, but he's done it. 70, 70 miles is is certainly no mean, no uh, nothing to be sniffed at. Um, and I think he's very proud. We're all proud of him for doing it as well. It's a long way to go, 70 miles non-stop as well. And it's not exactly sort of um, flat Lincolnshire land either, is it? It's not, no. You, you, you've got to consider Hadrian's Wall and where it goes through. So I haven't seen the elevation, but I imagine it, it, it's quite the, uh, quite the killer. Um, now, coming up in the next few days, we've got the summer solstice um, in Grantham. So normally we have a very good turnout. Normally, Knotfast has more members than Striders turn up. But looking at the entry list, um, we're, we're, we're down. So Striders have got 75 people going. We've only got 67. So unless we can uh, pull some out of the bag or Striders decide not to turn up, I think they're going to beat us with the attendance this year. Yeah, but Dave, only 67 isn't bad. Only 67. <laughs> yeah, so it's a good turnout. It's always a good turnout for the club. Normally it's very good weather. They treat you with cider and ale at the end of it. But I think this year, looking at the weather, I think we're going to have a little bit of a wet one. In all honesty, Mick, I think I've come to accept now that the the summer is just rain. I think you're probably right. Well, I mean, I, I know you get your drink afterwards, and it, 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 it's. but why is that Grantham Athletic Club summer solstice so much more popular than any other event you know i don't know i've been thinking about it it's a very good location um the course it's a very nice course i've run my personal best 10k on that course um usually it's nice mild weather the turnout's really good everyone in long benton's out on the road supporting um and just the turnout from local clubs is fantastic um last year not fast had the most club members per club sorry for one club out of everyone um and it's just an it's just a nice event it's a nice friendly run it most certainly is and i shall be assuming it's not raining um somewhere on the course with the camera and uh looks like i've got to get a decent film as i was told last night by graham because if you've got nearly 70 and they've got just over 70 it's uh it's going to be a busy old night it is going to be busy on that and other running fronts would just finally getting the final preparations up for the Newark Half Marathon, which is in less than two months now. So that's uh, coming around quickly. So we've still got places open for that. Still sorting out the uh, last-minute details. Uh, committee's hard at work. So uh, for those who are thinking about uh, signing up and running, please do so. You know, we've got uh, just over a month or so before you can uh, the, the sign-up ends. Well, we, um, we're already looking forward to that, and it's a great day because we're going to be there as um, well. Dave, thank you very much. We'll catch it with you tomorrow night, hopefully. Are you running it? Uh, I am not running it, no. I have a place, but I still can't run at the minute. So getting back to running is going to be... Are you going to be at Long Bennington? Uh, no, I've got a date with the wife, actually, on Friday night. So uh, I'm putting running aside for fine dining and wine. Dave, Dave, there's all Christmas Day to speak to the wife when there's no running. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch up with you then uh, next Wednesday when you can give us a blow-by-blow account from the 67-plus not-fast members that run in the summer stalsis. Thanks, yes. Dave. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Dave Farger there with Not Fast Running Club. And, yes, on Friday night, we're yeah. all off to Long Bennington for, I think, last year, there was 900, over 900 running in... Um, Grantham Athletic Club's very, very popular. 10K, and I know why now it's popular. They give you cider at the end of it. <laughs> right, everybody tells me in the Premier Division there is a big six. Well, we spoke about a big two, which was a country mile in front of the other four. It's now time to be polite about the other four. And the other four apparently are Chelsea. No manager. Cannot buy anybody. Manchester United. Third-rate manager, 
panic buying anybody under the age of 24 years of old that can kick a football. Tottenham Hotspur. Too tight to spend any money at all. And Arsenal. No money to spend. So, let's try and be nice about those four, shall we now? Because it's one of those four who has got to start making an effort but before City and... Yes. If the fake Sheik moves in... Yes, we haven't got there yet... Newcastle. Yes, I know. What, I would love that to happen at Newcastle, but it never happens. It's always a pipe dream. Um, finishing third last season was Chelsea. They won the Europa League. They was runners up to Manchester City in the League Cup, and they've got themselves an automatic Champions League place. That was never good enough, apparently. And the manager, if he didn't go of his own accord, was going to get booted out in any case. But he decided to jump ship. Um, in true Italian captain ways before it sunk um, and they're now talking about bringing a manager in that couldn't even get Derby promoted Jason Chelsea <laughs> well it's not looking great is it <laughs> to be fair um, yeah it depends where they want to go um, if they want to build something long term you know Frank Lampard ex-player is going to have the support of the, of the, the fans um, Jody Morris has apparently worked with a lot of the younger players um, but again they'll, they'll, need, they'll need to do what Liverpool have done and look at a three year plan or four year plan um, they've certainly got enough players they seem to have about 50, 60 players out on loan every season yeah, yeah. Well, Will we finally see Chelsea start bringing players back in and some of these youngsters that are probably now not even in the youngster stage being given a chance to play in a Chelsea shirt at last because I think it's been scandalous what they've done over the last four, five, six years. I, I really do. Um, these guys are good enough to play for the country but they're not good enough to get in the first 15 at Chelsea. Well, they've got no choice, have they? You know, you've got hudson Adoy who needs to be playing regular football. Tammy Abrahams, who's been at Villa uh, and, and Bangles in there. You know, whether he can do it in the Premier League, nobody knows because he hasn't really been given a chance. Um, and I think if they go down the Frank Lampard route, then that, that will happen. Um, or do they go down the route of a proven manager who's prepared to take a, a year or so to consolidate uh, and then as soon as the, the transfer ban is lifted they can start buying again uh, it, it really depends what where they're coming from um, as a board and where they want to go see the star man's gone they couldn't really stop no, the star man was. going there is talk about what's his name Will I Am he's the same <laughs> I take it it's not the same man that's on television but <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's definitely it's taller it's, it's taller okay yeah. let's talk about him. him he's got a year of his contract left they have a goes for nothing in a year's time or they make some money now so logic would say it, it, it goes now arguably the new manager should be the goalkeeper because he did a cracking job in the well, cup uh, final, yeah, cup <laughs> final they, they, they managed the team very well didn't they so <coughs> certainly in control of substitutions i think chelsea as you quite rightly say are a long-term plan and yes they could well finish in the top six but i can't see him challenging no, I mean they only finished third because Tottenham imploded, didn't they? Uh, in all fairness, <laughs> um, you know, and Manchester United and Arsenal. Every time they were given a, a glimmer of hope, you know, they, they they failed as well. So I mean, Chelsea, yeah, they, they, they've 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 got to they've got to look at a three year plan, in my opinion, uh, with, with with the constraints that they're going to be working under. And who knows, Frank might be the man. Um, he might not. But if these guys aren't given a chance, then we're never going to know. Apparently, John che John Terry is about to sign a long-term contract at Aston Villa. So, my thoughts that the dream team of Lampard and Terry is not happening. Well, the um, the rumours say that uh, Lampard is on his way, but that Terry was never in the equation. Uh, that probably won't stop him getting changed into the kit for the cup final winning pictures. But, <laughs> but, but basically, um, the um, the rumour is that. Um, Derby County have um, accepted the fact that Lampard's on his way and have already approached Rangers for Steven Gerrard. I'd seen that rumour, Dan. Apparently yeah. Gerrard said no. Yeah. Well, you can understand that, yeah. Backward step. <laughs> Why would anybody want to go yeah. to Derby? Let's be honest. Well, yes, yes, I mean, there's, there's no 
decent big time manager ever moved to the East Midlands really it's, it's, it's usually people who have been in charge of provincial clubs but I mean Rangers why would you leave them to come to the East Midlands it'd be ridiculous you want in a provincial <laughs> club that's won the European Cup twice back to back I mean we're an interesting chap myself from, uh, what, while I was working I, I, I guess yeah. while, while, while you okay let's move on to the team that finished fourth in last year's Premier League the one that Actually, on the face of it, didn't do a bad job because they haven't spent a, mu- a penny in the last two transfer windows. They've apparently got a ground that is, is is second to none, but... Does that remind you of anybody? Arsenal, for example. <laughs> <laughs> great ground, but not a great team. Yeah. <laughs> Arsenal got it wrong, didn't they? Because they're, they're still paying for that ground. I'm sure they are. I'm sure Levy's got it worked out a little bit better than that mm. but if Tottenham are to progress that team's getting old people know how that team play they only every team has a style people know how Tottenham play now yeah I mean they, they fell short didn't they the the injury to Kane some say they actually played better without him but they were so reliant on him um and and you know you hear the rumors coming out of of what Hart Lane with with Pochettino link, linked with every job going um and he doesn't do anything to dispel them rumors um, and he must be getting frustrated at the lack of, of transfer funds. So you can just see, uh, unless they're prepared to spend relatively big, um, they're not going to challenge and they're not going to hang on to the manager for very much longer. I can see him going. I mean, the rumour is that Ericsson's going, but Ericsson's apparently 31 already, isn't he? So he's, he, he's getting on yeah. and it's, it's whether or not, I don't know what sort of length of contract he's got back on, but, you know, Tottenham aren't going to let him go cheaply. And are you going to pay big money for a player that's... Yeah coming to the top of the hill and arguably getting slightly over it to a degree um that, that's the question isn't it that's the million dollar question uh, and and you've bit the nail on the head daniel levy will not big time splash the cash and if tottenham are going to be anything more than a top four five or six finish and get to a cup final every now and again um that's all they can expect i mean i think they overachieved they, they, and they peaked final. yeah they overachieved getting to European Cup final this year, and uh, you know if they want to take that next step, they've got the ground, they've, you know, they've got the fan base. They have just got to spend some money. So that's two of the four that we've discounted. Now we get to the theatre of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think third-rate manager is a very. Uh, <laughs> It's very kind. Well, what has he achieved in Manchester? What has he achieved? He's got, Car- he's got Cardiff relegated and, 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 and he won the league in the Norwegian fourth division or something, which is about on par with the Grantham Sunday League. Come on. I think that's what's, bit, what's he achieved? I think that's a bit harsh on the Grantham Sunday League. <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit near the knuckle, that one. He scored a fluke goal in the cup final and he's got a nice smile. No, but he hasn't achieved anything yet. Right. But I think the, what he did do it at Old Trafford was to bring everybody back together until he got the job and then, and then it fell apart un- again un- until he got the job yeah right um, so um, what I want to know now then is it the are they going to Solskjaer's fault because he's not a good enough manager or is there an inherent problem at Pog- Manchester United yeah Pogba there's an inherent problem, isn't there? It's obvious. When so when Solskjaer first came in, he galvanised the, the, the team, and and you know they, they played some good football and got some results. But as soon as things settled down, some players seemed to down tools. And as I said earlier, when, whenever they had an opportunity to to get into that top four, they blew it. So you know why, why can they why can they play all right for him one minute and not the next? You see, to me, when, when he came back. He had made his mind up, I'm going to refresh this, Manchester United fans apparently want a team to play in the Man United way, which apparently is all out of tack. And he did that. Then he went to Paris and basically parked Jose Mourinho's bus. Mourinho would have got slated for that. He would, yeah. yeah. Parked the bus and got the biggest fluke going and went through into the next round of the Champions League. And I think in his own head, he says, hang on, that was a success. That's the way we should play. It's gone straight back to where Mourinho played, and they can't do it. If you look at the energy levels at Liverpool and Manchester City, and then look at the energy levels at Man United, it's light years apart. I I I think you've got it in for him just because (laughs) he came on for five minutes and scored four goals for the city ground as a sub. I mean, (laughs) he obviously knows his football, the lad. 
I, th- I say give him time. Is that time. the best argument you can come up with? I, th- I say give him time, he'll be, he'll be doing magic for that club. I think they've got too many prima donnas, too many Billy Big Times, and yeah. Liverpool and City. It's about the collective. You know, you never, you never hear one player sort of singled out. It's all about the, the team and the squad. At United, all you hear about is Pogba and Lukaku, the two big money men. It was supposed to turn that that sinking ship round, and uh, they haven't. They just haven't done it. And Sanchez on five hundred grand a week. Well, they, they only bought him to stop Man City getting him, didn't they? Because yeah, City were yeah. clever enough to realise that actually <laughs> just, this is financial suicide, so yeah. we'll let him go across, <laughs> across the road. You know, well, well, you know, I, I'm not a fan of social. People may have realised that now. I think that's a, <laughs> bad, a bad move for Manchester United. Going back to my stats on the passes completed last season, because passes win football matches; they make the goals. City was at the top, Chelsea was second, Liverpool third, Tottenham, Arsenal, and you get down to sixth place, Manchester United. Clean sheets last season. Liverpool, City, Chelsea, Everton, Tottenham, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Bournemouth, Cardiff, Leicester. I still haven't got to Manchester United. Mm. I, th- I, think, I think the saddest thing <clears throat> about Old Trafford last season was the demise of David here, the De Gea, because that... I mean, he, he was the best goalkeeper in the world and he became a laughingstock towards the end of the season, didn't it? But when you've got that defence in front of you, <laughs> especially yeah, them two yeah. centre-offs. This is, this, is, this is my point. We started at five past seven by saying that two managers had gone out there and said, this is what I identify I need to make my team better. Klopp's the absolute master at it. Mm. And Pep ain't far behind. I can see, Tony, even you can see what's wrong with <laughs> Manchester United. <laughs> Why the heck can't Manchester United can't see? They've got the worst back four in the Premier Division. <laughs> mm. And team. go and do something about it. Pay £75 million for a quality centre-half. The problem they've got, though, Mick, now is, uh, you know, the, the, the big players are going to want to play Champions League football so the only way they're going to attract big players is if they can sell them a project that's going to say, look, you know, two or three years, do you want to be part of the team that, that, that makes us great again? I and think I d- if they, they, if I was Solskjaer, Podba, there's the door, yeah. goodbye. Whatever it costs, goodbye. And the same with Sanchez. And if he is going to go for British youngsters and build over the next two or three years, great, because I think we need a good Manchester United. But the Manchester United we've got at the moment, and we've had for the last two or three years, have been no more than a laughing stock. If, 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 if he's got the power <clears throat> to do a massive clearance sale... That's the point. ...and bring in kids, but if he hasn't, then he's taken on a nightmare. I don't think he'll be there at Christmas. Oh, I, I really it. don't, because they want instant success, and they ain't going to get it. A club that side wants instant success. And talking to people that's not going to get instant success, that leaves us with Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got 20 minutes. Where do you start with Arsenal? They're an absolute shambles. Defensively very poor. Um, their biggest problem this, this close season, I think, is going to be trying to hold on to them front two. Because Aubameyang... Aubameyang's 31 tomorrow, or yesterday. But he scores goals. Yes, yeah. He scores goals, and, and, and teams will play a, pay a premium for that, even if it's only going to be for a year or two. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head, Mick, the fact they've got no money. Um, they're probably doing as well as they can with the budget they've got. Yeah. Possibly. I, I, I've got some top mates that are uh, Arsenal fans and I really <clears throat> on their behalf I supported Arsenal during the course of the uh, Tony Norman latches on to anybody that's successful with the exception of Berwick of course no, no, no <laughs> I, 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 I supported them for uh, for some well stated personal reasons um, that you can't discuss with Forest fans obviously clearly as this how can you support somebody because somebody so, else likes them so I'll support them I mean come on so, so therefore you for, support a team 
No, you don't no, support no, it because your mate likes them. Apparently, they won the European Cup twice as well. Did you say that? <laughs> and so, therefore, um, basically, um, for a night, I supported Arsenal. And, oh, my God, how embarrassing were they against for Chelsea? For a night, I supported the, Arsenal. The, they, they were shockingly embarrassing. To be fair, first half, they, they played OK. Uh, and it looked like there was going to be a shock. But second half, I agree. They, they, they didn't show up at all. Shocking. Mm. Shocking. <laughs> So, are we agreed, gentlemen, that the other four of the big six are light years away from the top two? Yeah, totally. Yeah, Absolute moment. light years. And there's yeah. nothing that we've said tonight, and I don't think we've been over the top. I don't think there's anything we've said tonight that, that anybody thinks they're going to get any closer within the next two years. I don't think anybody would argue, would argue at all with what's been said tonight. So, the next question is, after the break, are, the, are those four safe in positions... Three, four, five, and six. Or is the next little group in there going in the correct direction, whereas they're not going in the correct direction? But before that, it's just, it's um, we're going to take a rest from the Premier League for a few minutes um, while we do our countdown to kick-off where we look at the three local sides in the FA Pyramid to see what they're doing. And here, as you know, but I think I've chosen the right music which sums the way up it's all going at the moment <laughs> it's probably a bit cruel but that's how we are tonight New York Town are actually the ones that's making all the pre-season headlines as they build up to uh, this new season Last week they announced that Luke Parsons has joined the management team. Uh, he's going to play as well, so that's a fantastic acquisition for them. Um, that was followed at the news at the weekend that the Central Midlands have cleared the way for the Blues to, now to return to the YMCA. So that again um, is good news for them. And we find out today that as strength and conditioning coach. So as we expected, Damo Parkinson is building a team off the field as well as on the field over to low fields and um well trying to get information out, out of low fields is a bit like trying to hack into mi5 but um we have found out that um we won't know until the weekend if the um the application to the lincolnshire under 23 league has been accepted but again i think that is the way forward for that club get into junior football and get a pathway through to the first team. Collingham have announced two more friendlies. They travel to Otherton on the 16th of July and entertain against the Trinity Eleven on Monday the 22nd of July. And sometime over the weekend, I'm going to put on our social media pages all the friendlies that's been arranged for those three clubs. And I'm going to try and find out what's happening at Southall City and add that to it as well. Any comments, Mr Smith? Well, it's the first time I've ever heard Ollerton unfriendly in the same sentence. <laughs> Point taken. We're talking Premier Division football tonight, amongst other things, and um, we've agreed that it's next season it's going to be City and Liverpool, so it's going to have to go disastrously long for it not to be, and we've agreed that um, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal and Manchester United haven't got any chance next season of catching them. Which leads me to the question that is there going to be a surprise package mm. next season? I think Two. the surprise package this season was Wolves. Yeah. I mean, they finished seventh, they're in Europe, and for a team that's actually come up from the Championship to actually stay up is a start. So, they, is they any of the next batch capable? Because bearing in mind, between um, Manchester United and Wolves, you've got a nine-point gap. I think Leicester... I like the look of Leicester and, and under uh, Brendan Rodgers he'll have him playing the right way um, again depends on what sort of money he's given and who he brings in and if they can keep holding Maguire but I do fancy Leicester to, to be knocking on the top six door Should Manchester United move Evan and Earth to get Maguire? <sighs> they certainly need a centre half Because is that um, is that your Van Dijk at Liverpool? Is that the signing? I don't know if you could quite put him in Van No, Dijk. he's not in the same bracket. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the stellar, it's the stellar yeah. centre half, isn't it? There's 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 at Napoli who I like the look of. Um, you've got Matthias Delit at Ajax, um, and I suppose Maguire would be 
the next for me out of them three <laughs> and it just depends who they can attract and I think probably Maguire's the most likely one to go there at, the, at this point in time because that, that, that is Leicester's if they can hold on to what they've got and probably bring another couple of in yes their biggest problem is holding on to what they've got isn't it yeah well T. Elements is on loan uh, I'm not sure where from, but they're, they're trying to buy him, aren't they? And it's Moni- they? Monaco, yeah, but the big, bo- the big boys all around Europe are sniffing, sniffing aren't they? Yeah, and that's the problem, because he's done so well for Leicester. Um, everybody's looking, and and I know Rogers, what, reading, wants to, to hang on to him. So, yeah, if they can hold on to him and Maguire, uh, they've, they've got a fantastic goalkeeper, they can score goals, and they'll play certainly better football than they were under the previous manager. So Le- um, Leicester's your, um, your team, then, that could? Yeah, could for me, yeah could do something here we go come on i think the difference between the best central defender in the world today at liverpool and harry Maguire is the difference between dirk van dyke and dick van dyke (laughs) 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 but my uh, the point i'm trying to make is that Maguire would be one hell of an improvement on what they've got now yeah yeah but Jason would be an improvement on what he's got now. I've seen him play football. I didn't be back in last night. <laughs> but still, you would be. <laughs> nice of you to say, guys. <laughs> but the, um, I, I, I don't think Wolves will be a surprise package next season. I think they were this. I think Wolves equipped themselves very, very well. But my two um, outside tips, uh, as I keep going on about, Newcastle, if they get the right... Uh, person to come in and replace Ashley and Southampton things are things are really ticking along nicely at Southampton they seem to have got a good guy in charge okay let's talk Newcastle then because Newcastle mm. once again is all ifs and all buts and oh, I, I feel so sorry for those guys up there because uh, Jason would tell me Liverpool is as close to Newcastle as you're going to get the way the supporters react yeah. but even in Liverpool yeah. they either wear red or they wear blue yeah. in Newcastle they wear black and white full stop end of conversation um, I don't Tony bemoans Ashley more than what I do actually because if it wasn't for Ashley there wouldn't even be a football club there yet alone one of the best grounds in the country so again is Ashley like Levy and Arsenal's guys he ain't spending what he ain't got. I don't, you know, you, you need to see it, but Ashley's um, way of talking to people and the way he puts things over are as close <laughs> as to Tony's beloved Spartak Moscow. Um, you've got one of the best managers in the world, and you'll agree with me on that one. You've yeah. got one of the best managers in the world two weeks from the end of a contract and nobody knows what the heck's going off. I think that's a lot of the problem for the Newcastle fans is that the, the communication uh, f- from Ashley is, 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 as you said, very poor. Um, fantastic fan base, fantastic ground. They deserve so much more. You know, they fill the ground every single game. Loyal supporters. They're desperate for a trophy. Um, everything's in place. They just need a, a, an owner who is prepared to come in and put some money into it. And under Benitez, you know, Benitez won't go out there and waste money. He, he, he'll buy proper players. And, and I think proper players will go there, uh, and not just because of Benitez, but because of the whole the, the whole setup. So it is crying out for somebody just to come in, chuck some money in there, and, and get Newcastle where they, they deserve to be. But the, 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 the main problem with Newcastle United is that they're living on European glory from hundreds of years ago. Does that remind you of anybody? <laughs> A certain team in red. Oh, yeah, in the yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you mean? <laughs> certainly a pattern for isn't they, yeah? European successes. Leeds United, page four, page five. <laughs> still not there. Page six, no, still nothing. Page eight, nothing. There's one there from the Faroe Islands. Oh, there's Leeds. <clears throat> the, difference, the difference, Tony, is if you've got a history... You talk about it. If you haven't got a history, yeah, you that. just have to ridicule everybody that has. <laughs> they talk about and it. you haven't got a history at Leeds, apart from getting chucked out of Europe. Um, that's not true. That is partly true. That's no, not true. It this is all. partly that, true. That, that was that, that was nineteen eighty-five, not seventy-five. Nobody likes Leeds. <laughs> I'm, su- I'm surprised you don't. So if you hadn't fi- been for Leeds United giving you a cluff, you'd have a note like you've got now. After 55 minutes bickering, we've probably all sat here and agreed it's going to be the same again next season. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. 
Liverpool Man City Forest fans going on and on and on. Yeah, same again. <laughs> and Berwick Rangers playing in the Northern Premier League against Whitney no, Bay. No, Lowland League, please. They're in England. They shouldn't be playing in Scotland. <laughs> don't, um, play, don't play, trust me. Jason, thanks for coming over from Grantham. Absolutely fantastic. It's a bit, it, uh, we've tried to do it with a bit of fun and a laugh as well. And, but at the end of the day, um, I'm going to drag you back once the season has started just to see if you're right or wrong and if Liverpool's sitting halfway down the table then that's going to be an interesting conversation you used to play football um, you've called it a day you still play five sides now but you've called it a day uh, and like many now you're a dad you're running your son's team that's right um, yeah. enjoying it loving it loving it he got player of the year on uh, Saturday night so it, it makes I think that wasn't your vote <laughs> no 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 it, it, it was most men of the matches so it's, he's voted for by ourselves and parents and opposition managers etc so I was very proud of him um, and yeah I, I just I remember years ago when people put the effort in to let me play football just giving a bit back you know and, and it's, it's great so do you get more out of coaching the youngsters playing yourself on a Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, or standing on the cop supporting Liverpool? God, dear, 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 that's a tough one. If you had uh, to do one out of three, which would you, you do? You cannot ever replace playing football. You cannot ever replace it. I used to live for Saturday afternoons, you know, when I was at work on a Monday morning. You just couldn't wait for Saturday afternoon to come on, pull the shirt on and go out there and, and play. So it would have to be playing. Who did you play for? I played for Mount Sorrel Amateurs over at Leicester for a long while and then Ancaster. Very, very local league. I wasn't that great, really. <laughs> I was a bit of a rose man. They're the best leagues, Jason. Yeah, oh yeah, I they're loved the best it. Leagues. I loved it. Playing with your mates, going for a beer after the game. Yeah, yeah that's what it's all about. Yeah, if you played in New York, you'd go for a beer before the game. <laughs> <laughs> We had the odd game against BG Nook and it was always, oh, yes. it was always interesting. <laughs> if you played BG Nook, Jason, you'd have, a, you'd have a beer during the game. <laughs> it all kicked off one day, but I won't go into that. <laughs> no, we'll leave that one well alone. Thanks for coming over. You come, now you've, you've come over once, you, you can, you're our Premier League man, so you come back again and we'll get the season started. Thank you very um, much. It's been a pleasure, this guys. This is I've enjoyed obviously it. before we've, all the transfers have been made, so the next yeah. few weeks are... Um, are going to be interesting. England ladies are playing tonight and the Jockesses are playing tonight. Scotland are playing, yep. So England ladies will go on to the last 16 and your lot's going to be on the next plane home, I assume. Usually, yeah. That's normally the case, isn't it? We're going to attack, apparently, she says, in a Scottish accent. Yep, we will see. The last centre forward, the other was Robbie Burns. And they didn't get anywhere either then. Um, but tomorrow night, it's... Um, I'll turn to look at some of the stories that's made the headlines during this week. And we, of course, go down to Devon to talk to um, Gary Edgington, who's going to tell us all what's going to go off on what's going to be a glorious summer's Saturday afternoon. And we're going to have a full cricket fixture list. Please, we're going to have a full cricket fixture list. Before all that, of course, it's the summer solstice at Long Bennington on Friday night. I'll be there. It looks like every new runner's also going to be there. We'll see you then. Bye bye.